Grace and peace to you, and welcome to a sermon podcast from Richfield United Methodist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Sign up for weekly digital content at richfieldumc.org. Subscribe, share, and get out there with Jesus to heal a broken world. Thanks for listening, and we hope you have a good experience. This podcast is the sermon on June 30th, 2019. Brave Space is part one of the five-part worship series, A Time to Act. The preacher is Reverend Nate Melcher, and the scripture is Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Hi friends, Pastor Nate here. We did not have recording equipment for my first Sunday there at Richfield United Methodist Church, so I'm going to go ahead and recreate that sermon for you here. I think, you know, something gets a little lost when it's not live, but I'm going to do my best here. I'm going to read the scripture and then try to offer the sermon all in one take. So I guess it will be live in that sense. So thanks for listening. Here we go. The scripture is Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Almighty. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had all come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Almighty has set by his own authority, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who had been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I am a big movie fan. Okay? Big movie fan. If it's a movie, I've seen it. Unless I haven't. My BA is actually in film studies. And from those earliest days, I have loved learning about cinema technique, like lighting and framing and mise-en-scene and acting and editing and so on. But most of all, I just love a good story. And good stories have good endings. One of the best endings ever of, uh, of some of my, one of my favorite movies, E.T. the Extraterrestrial. That, that has a great ending. Has anybody seen E.T.? Can I spoil a 37-year-old movie? Okay, so at the end of E.T., uh, E.T., this alien is very friendly and has gotten uh, stranded on Earth. He befriends a boy named Elliot and his family, uh, his uh, sister Gertie and his brother Michael. They try to help E.T. communicate and phone home with his friends so they can come pick him up. And they have to avoid these government agents who are trying to capture E.T. And uh, after the whole series of, of escapes, they, they get out to the woods and the friends, they make contact with them. And they do come into the woods and uh, there's a very tearful heartfelt goodbye and there's hugs and crying and 
And E.T. says to Elliot, I'll be right here. And he points at his heart with his finger all lit up. And he goes onto the ship and the door starts to close and, and the lights go up as, as the ship ascends and it is loud and the music is swelling and it's gorgeous strings and uh, all the wind is blowing all the different pine trees and Elliot's hair is flowing in his hoodie and uh, the ship takes off into the sky and the horns start their fanfare and there's a rainbow streak in the sky and it ends with Elliot looking up into the night sky his hair blowing in the wind that's blowing the tears from his face and you hear the timpani and then it cuts to black and it rolls credits that is a great ending great ending lots of great movies have great endings shane has a great ending come back shane come back uh the shawshank redemption great ending how about avengers endgame uh think about it this way 22 movies over 10 years grossing 21.4 billion dollars people have been hungry for this last movie as the ending uh wizard of oz Wizard of Oz has that iconic cultural line. What is it? There's no place like home. That's one of the most uh, ubiquitous lines uh, that any generation can know about. Star Wars has a great ending. And if you've been wondering how old your new pastor is, uh, I was not alive for, to watch Star Wars in the theater, but I am old enough to have had to adjust the tracking on my VCR to watch it on tape. So going back to E.T., though, I've often thought, after that movie, cuts to black, rolls the credits, if you didn't have that, what would be the next scene? Like, how long would Elliot and his family and their friends stand there looking at the night sky after that? they just stand there and, and gaze and look and, like, what, five minutes? Ten? How long? How long before one of them just goes... Wow, so, so, well, who, who wants to go get, should we go for pizza? Pizza, is that what we're doing, pizza? Or uh, what about the Wizard of Oz? They're all surrounding Dorothy. Oh, there's no place back home. Yeah, you're right. Well, thanks, boys. They'll go back to work. We've got a lot of cleanup to do after that tornado, right? Or uh, Joey's yelling, Shane, come back. After a phase to credits, does Shane ever turn around? All right, you convinced me, Joey. No, right? So, Life is not a movie. When a major moment happens in our lives, they don't cut to black. They don't roll credits. They roll on. After the big win on Friday, there's still homework due Monday. After the funeral, there's lunch with friends. After the retirement party, there's still lots of time for refirement. After life camp, there's reading peer affirmations. And after a special session of the general conference... There's still local churches, brave and strong, fighting the good fight for the full inclusion of all committed to God's loving justice. Amen. So here's a story about when we had our first child, uh, when Kelly gave birth to Gertie, uh, we you know, were in the hospital a little bit, and then they let us, it's, and it's, a, it's a powerful moment. I mean, the birth of a child, and it's so much going on, and and there's drama and tears and laughter and joy. And then they say, well, you get to take her. And you think, really? We get to take this thing home? Didn't We just had a huge moment. Can we, can we just roll credits? 
Not so much, right? Or yesterday, uh, I came home from a week away at life camp, and uh, it, it was great. I got to come home and see my family. It was this amazing time, big reunion with my family, and then off to bed, <laughs> fell asleep uh, so I could wake up here for the first Sunday. So talk about cut to black right there. Uh, in life, milestone moments aren't endings. They're beginnings. In life, our milestone moments, they aren't endings. They are beginnings. The beginning of Acts of the Apostles is also what happens after the Gospel of Luke cuts to black. Instead of rolling credits, the story rolls along into the life of the early church. How they see themselves, how they come together, what nearly ends their journey, and how they share the good news of the love of Jesus. Instead of cutting to credits, the disciples cut their fear to the quick and embrace identity. Who are they? How will they team up? What do each of them bring to the table? How shall we live together? We look back to the early church to inspire us as the church we are now and the church God wants us to be tomorrow for our neighbors, for Jesus. But first, the disciples need to stop staring into space. They're witnesses to the resurrection. What's dead is alive. They're told something new is coming, the Holy Spirit. And when they ask when, they get this cryptic response about how, well, they don't get to know for sure, but you'll feel it when it happens. You know, typical cryptic Jesus, right? And they witness his ascension as depicted in the story as Jesus is lifted up on high to the sky and, and out of sight. And they just stand there gazing at the sky. There's no place like home. Now, Greek word here is atenazontes. And it's only one other place in the New Testament. And that's in Luke Chapter 4, verse 20, when Jesus reads Isaiah, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. God has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives, sight to the blind, freedom to the oppressed, proclaim the time has come for God's reign. And this moment happens just as Jesus says scripture is fulfilled in hearing. They stand there looking up, gazing at him. That's the only two times that this gazing Greek verb appears. So here they are, disciples, standing there, looking up, gazing at the sky. No cut to black, no credits, just more life. Luke ends, but Acts begins. Will they embrace this? Jesus is gone. The way they've always known is completely changed, and it won't come back. Flash to all they've seen and done and celebrated and mourned and grown and let go and experienced together. They're thinking about these things and they cannot look to one another. When things are tough, it's easier to stare off into the sky than to look to your neighbor. They can't look left. They can't look left. The disciples may be thinking, oh, if I look left, oh, I can't look at that person. No, they're so annoying. They're so annoying. Oh, Jesus, why did you leave me with that one? They can't look to the right. Oh, I can't look over there. I can't look. They're so mad at me for what I said. They'll never want to work with me. Oh, no, what am I going to do? They don't, they don't look at their hands, the hands that have pointed fingers 
and accused people. They don't look at the feet that haven't marched for justice and solidarity. They don't look down at the tongues that have spoken judgment. They don't look down at their hearts that have felt empty, mistaking the, the pang in their gut for fear instead of fire in the belly. They just wait for Jesus to come back. They just stare up and go, oh, he'll fix it. We can't. He's brave. We're not. We're useless. Jesus, come back. And then a voice. People of Galilee, why do you just stand here looking up at an empty sky? And it shakes them, this question. This isn't what Jesus taught them to do when the going gets tough. They'd already forgotten what Jesus told them only moments before. They'd soon be baptized by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's compassionate presence on earth amongst them. Jesus is with them in a new way, and they're not abandoned. In this moment of feeling abandoned and useless, of this moment, Rachel Held Evans writes this, quote, The absence of Jesus makes room for the possibility of his presence through his people. Now, last I checked, his people, that's the disciples. Last I checked, that's us, amen. They are called to be brave, to pray to empty themselves of anxieties and angers and fears so they can be filled by other things, love, acceptance, a mission that takes fortitude, that takes fire. Now, friends, I don't know our whole church's whole story. I don't know our whole story. I know bits and pieces, but really, also, which of us knows the entire story? Probably none of us, really. But one thing I know is this church is respected and loved in the annual conference for its fortitude and fire, for its love and acceptance, for its ability to find Jesus in others and be Jesus for others. Every church has moments of staring into the sky to avoid looking to our left and looking to our right. Heck, I do it a lot at home. Oh, is there laundry? I'll, I'll just look up. Maybe it'll just get done. But look, every church has its moments of staring in, into the sky to avoid looking left and right. But not every church has what it takes to look one another, look to one another and find not abandonment or absence, but to look to one another and find the presence of Jesus. So turn to your neighbor. Turn to them. Look at them. Literally, look at them. Do you see Jesus? Do you see love? In that first line from Acts, it says it's written to Theophilus. Is Theophilus a particular person? Maybe. But Theophilus in Greek means lover of God. Which means that Acts is written to any of us. To all of us. This story of being church is for all of us. Now, during the time with children, I brought out this box here. And it's called the useless box. When you flip this little switch, uh, all it does is open just enough to tap the switch and close itself. You pop the switch. It turns this piston that pops out, taps the switch again, and closes the box. It's useless. It's a useless box. I got it on clearance. And it does nothing. The disciples stood, gazed into an empty sky, feeling useless, but they're worthy. We're going to explore their Acts journey and see how the early church inspires us as the church we are now and the church God wants us to be tomorrow 
for our neighbors and for Jesus. The disciples become apostles and do amazing things. They are not useless. And neither are you. You are not a useless box. This building is not a useless box. Our unfolding future is not a useless box. We are who God created us to be. Blessed to be a blessing. Brave to act in love. So I'm going to have this useless box on my desk every day for the next year. If you're ever feeling afraid instead of brave, useless instead of capable, unloved instead of designed in love, come by my office. Flick the switch on the useless box. We'll chuckle at such a little silly thing. And then we'll talk and we'll pray and we'll plan and we'll act. You know what's another great movie ending is uh, The Graduate. Does anybody mind if I spoil a 52-year-old movie? So in The Graduate, Ben runs up during Elaine's wedding and, and he calls her name and she calls his name and he's able to, to steal her away from the wedding. They lock everybody in the chapel and they get away and everybody's so mad at them. These two, uh, these two crazy kids in love and they get on that bus and they uh, run into the back of the bus, all smiles, and they're... As it drives away, there's this close-up on the two of them. where They're smiling. They're like, oh, man, I can't believe we did it. We did it. We showed them. We did it. We got away. <laughs> Who's going to stop us now? And then Simon and Garfunkel's sound of silence starts, and you see their smiles start to fade, and they turn into looks of almost panic as they start to think, oh, my gosh, what have we done? What have I done? What are we going to do? What's next for Ben Braddock and Elaine Robinson? That's a fascinating ending. What's next for us? Friends, I'm excited to find out, and I hope you are too. A few years ago, you read the book, We Make the Road by Walking by Brian McLaren. I love that book, and you read it for about a year for a worship series. And in that book, Brian writes this. He says, quote, you are not finished yet. You are in the making. You have the capacity to learn, mature, think, change, and grow. You also have the freedom to stagnate, regress, constrict, and lose your way. Which road will you take? Friends, God is creating amazing things in our midst. Jesus is breaking through in our neighborhood, and the Holy Spirit is with us in the making. I am proud to be your pastor. I am grateful to stand with you. And I am honored to baptize and bury and marry and laugh and cry and learn and live with you. Let us look to each other, look left, look right, and may we see Jesus and act together in love. May it be so, and amen. This has been a sermon podcast from Richfield United Methodist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Copyright 2019. Now go into God's world knowing you are a beloved child and bear witness to the love of God so that those to whom love is a stranger will find in you a generous friend. Thanks for listening.